Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teaching Writing in College. I'm your host, Tom Skeen, and in this podcast, the driving question is, how can instructors in higher education leverage theory, science, pedagogy, and craft most effectively to help their learners with writing? And today we're going to be talking about the Elon Statement on Writing Transfer, Enabling Practice Number 1. As you might remember from a previous podcast, we went over the different enabling practices in the Elon Statement. There are three of them, and uh, we want to just cover them in depth because they do uh, provide writing instructors with a lot of ideas that they can use to teach learners about writing. And that's what we want to study is teaching learners about writing and not necessarily how to write. As uh, some folks might be familiar with, uh, it's just coming to mind for me, the uh, um, Elizabeth Wardle and uh, Doug Downs uh, discussion of that in one of their articles. I'm trying to remember where it was published off the top of my head, and I can't right now. Uh, But um, uh, that was one of their main assertions, is that we can't teach students to write we can only teach them about writing, and that has really important implications for the classroom. And the Elon Statement really helps us do that. Um, I keep coming back to that thought that we have to teach students about writing, and the Elon Statement really enables that for writing teachers, and we'll, we'll start to see that today. So um, there's the statement, and then uh, once again for this series, the enabling practices. There, The first one is constructing writing curricula and classes that focus on study of and practice with concepts that enable students to analyze expectations for writing and learning within specific contexts. And so there it is. They're not, it's not about teaching them to write. It's about analyzing expectations. It's about uh, the study of writing. It's uh, treating writing as a discipline, and that's something that we really want to do. Um, and especially uh, the, the concepts that are especially enabling um, according to the Elon statement, are that are rhetorical based, rhetorically based concepts like genre, purpose, and audience, and so that's where we're going to focus today. And then uh, also uh, later on, we all we're going to want to work on principles in development. The Elon statement on writing transfer also has some additional principles that uh, the Elon group considered and thought were worthy of further study. And uh, I also kind of take them as recommendations, and we'll talk about them as time goes on. So we're going to unpack enabling practice number one, and uh, let's just start. Um, Constructing writing curricula and classes that focus on study of and practice with concepts that enable students to analyze expectations for writing and learning within specific contexts. These include rhetorically based based concepts such as genre, purpose, and audience. And so uh, one of the first things that I see when I, when I see enabling practice one is um, conceptual knowledge. If you go into the field of cognitive psychology, conceptual knowledge is really important, and that's what they're talking about here is concepts. Um, and so um, conceptual knowledge is a representation of knowledge. Um, it's a way to organize thinking. Um, It's a vocabulary, and when you think about writing and you think about rhetoric, there is a very large vocabulary that can be used to analyze writing, to make choices about writing, to understand what things are uh, when it comes to writing, uh, not just grammatically, but uh, in in terms of argument, in terms of genre, in terms of a lot of other facets, in terms of structure of writing. There are lots of things that we can do that are conceptual. 
Um, conceptual knowledge is a path to expertise. That's really important, too. We want to spend some time with our students to help them develop some expertise in writing. A lot of them, especially in first-year writing courses, are trying to develop expertise in something else, but expertise in writing can also uh, is a part of that, really, um, especially if you consider that uh, they use writing all the time in whatever area of expertise they're trying to develop. So they do need some expertise in writing, too, and that's what writing classes are for. Um, they are a path to cross the threshold. Um, I like to think of conceptual knowledge also as part of the threshold, the way that Meyer and Land explained it, where you know conceptual knowledge or a vocabulary is what helps somebody gain access. It uh, creates a, th a threshold and enables a person to gain access to disciplinary knowledge. And we want students to gain some access to our disciplinary knowledge in our courses. So here are a couple of examples of conceptual knowledge. Um, I think a really great source that anybody could draw from, I think every teacher should read this. Um, it's uh, How People Learn, and I've got the uh, citation there. For those of you who are listening, it's uh, Branford Brown and uh, Cocking. Um, it's uh, published by the National Academy Press, and it's uh, the full title is How People Learn, Brain, Mind, Experience, and School. Um, and this is the expanded edition. I really do... Um, recommend this to any teacher, really. And it's a really fantastic book, and it uh, really does a great job summarizing and presenting a lot of research on learning, conceptual knowledge being part of that, of course. And so here's just a brief from, excerpt from that book. Mathematics experts are also able to quickly recognize patterns of information, such as particular problem types that involve specific classes of mathematical solutions. For example, physicists recognize problems of river currents and problems of headwinds and tailwinds in airplanes as involving similar mathematical principles, such as relative velocities. The expert knowledge that underlies the ability to recognize problem types has been characterized as involving the development of organized conceptual structures or schemas that guide how problems are represented and understood. And so that's really important, the idea that conceptual knowledge um, helps people understand depending on how that knowledge is represented. And in this particular case, a non-expert like me might not recognize that um, river currents, you know, maybe with boats or something, um, are uh, similar to headwinds and tailwinds in airplanes. I might not recognize that immediately uh, the way that an expert might. Another excerpt from the book. Um, the idea that experts recognize features and patterns that are not noticed by novices is potentially important for improving instruction. When viewing instructional texts, slides, and videotapes, for example, the information noticed by novices can be quite different from what is noticed by experts. One dimension of acquiring greater competence appears to be the increased ability to segment the perceptual field or learning how to see. Research on expertise suggests that the importance of providing students with learning experiences that specifically enhance their abilities to recognize meaningful patterns of information. So that's really important. You know, if we uh, conceptualize things well for our students and give them some practice with it, like the first part of the Elon statement says, then that's one thing that's going to help them recognize things that they might not otherwise see. Let's take a look at the next slide here. Um, so here's just an example, also really important. Um, what was the previous one? Oh yeah, still, the previous one is from How People Learn. This one is as well. Um, 
from uh, uh, Kai Feltovich and Glazer. I hope I got the name right there. Uh, also a classic study, Categorization and Representation of Physics Problems by Experts and Novices in the journal Cognitive Science. Um, they did a study on the difference between novices and experts and what they noticed um, in uh, some particular fields. And uh, one thing that they noticed in physics, um, novices, if they gave them a bunch of physics problems and maybe some diagrams of those problems, what novices would do is they would group similar looking physics problems together just based on what they saw um, on the surface, on the diagram, such as those that included, included triangular ramps and they would characterize those problems as inclined planes. But experts, on the other hand, um, grouped items together that did not always look similar, such as ones that looked like an inclined plane. That might be one, but then they would pair that with another one that looked like a spring-loaded contraption of some, some kind, and that's my representation of it. I really uh, recommend this article as well. They've got all the diagrams and everything in there. But then they would say the principle isn't inclined planes, it's conservation of energy. And so experts were seeing something very different, and they were able to see beyond the surface diagram to the actual physics problem behind it. And um, so their perception was very different, and they could notice things that were very different. And so we want to try to do that with our students. Um, one thing that I like to think about in um, my own teaching is I like to compare what I'm doing to uh, the field of medicine. If you think about the field of medicine historically, uh, there was a time when the field of medicine thought of the human body in terms of uh, different fluids. So yellow bile, black bile, blood, and phlegm. And all of those had to be in balance. And if they didn't, uh, you got sick. That's where illness came from. And if you think about that, there's an associated medical treatment such as bloodletting, um, that's to bring uh, uh, the uh, uh, different uh, uh, things back into balance. And so um, that's kind of an important way to think about medicine. But if you think about medicine today, uh, with a modern understanding of medicine, if you think about microbiology, if you frame knowledge of medicine partly in terms of microbiology, that understanding gives us the ability to develop vaccines and antibiotics. And so that perception of the human body um, or biology generally really kind of empowers us. And uh, so thinking about concepts, the way that things are framed for experts really makes a difference in the way that they perform. So if we take that to our own field, to writing, um, if we think about uh, uh, concepts, in writing. One really important one is genre, and you can see the difference uh, in this slide. So um, if we're thinking about grammar and mechanics, if that's how writing gets framed to students, um, if that's the conceptual knowledge that they learn, then you know I've just noticed this in my own you know teaching practice. It's easy for students, I think, um, without the right conceptual framework to fall back on just doing things like eliminating contractions or asking questions like, uh, can I use I? in a paper, and uh, uh, so that kind of, it's kind of limiting uh, to think about grammar and, or, or writing in terms of grammar or mechanics or uh, formality and things like that. And those things can be important. It's not that they're not important, but uh, I think uh, framing writing differently really helps learners. And so um, I think just based on all of my reading and my experience with students in the classroom, I think framing writing in terms of genre is probably the most 
effective way to enable learning transfer. It's probably one of the most important pieces of conceptual knowledge. If the cl class that we teach is supposed to be about writing in some way and it's supposed to invite students in and help them gain some expertise in our discipline so that they can then use it elsewhere, which is uh, what teaching writing should be all about, then genre becomes very important. And some of the questions that come from somebody who understands genre are things like, how can I understand my audience better? How can I understand this genre better in terms of how it's used or the context in which it's used? Uh, what are some constraints or affordances with the genre itself? Or uh, Genre also encompasses the social situation that uh, in which a particular genre is used. So what are my constraints or affordances? What's the best type of writing to use? You know, sometimes people have options and they can communicate in various ways. And um, what the best genre for a given situation is is also important. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed that some of the literature in writing studies on transfer really does kind of have a heavy emphasis on genre. And so another thing we can turn to um, is the uh, WPA statement, the outcome statement for the Council of Writing Program Administrators. And uh, where else do we get concepts? You know, genre, I think, is the most important one. But uh, uh, when we think about the WPA Council, one important uh, passage from that is just rhetorical knowledge. That's something that they recommend uh, be offered in writing courses. Uh, students should uh, use, learn and use key rhetorical concepts, uh, gain experience reading and composing in several genres. So there's genre again. And nowadays we do see courses and textbooks that are uh, sort of genre-based, which I think is, has been a really important development over the years. Um, develop facility in responding to a variety of situations and contexts, and uh, that comes from genre as well. So purposeful shifts in voice, tone, level of formality, design, medium, or structure, those things are all uh, shifts that also take place when people practice writing in different genres. Um, use and understand, a understand and use a variety of technologies to address a range of audiences, match the capacities of different environments to varying rhetorical situations. A lot of those can be traced back to genre and uh, really important too. So having that rhetorical knowledge, that's one place to go to get, I think, a lot of ideas that uh, would help support, a lot of conceptual knowledge that would help support students' use of genre. I think it's important to you know, start with genre and that becomes kind of the central focus. But then a lot of the bits of rhetorical knowledge that I see in the WPA Council statement here, the outcome statement, is um, a lot of these concepts can help support genre and students' uses of genres. So that's really important uh, to consider as well. And so just to go back and ask ourselves, you know, what is conceptual knowledge to kind of wrap up? Um, it's a representation of knowledge of some kind. It's a way to organize thinking. It's a vocabulary, a uh, path to expertise, a path to cross the threshold. And uh, a lot of those things uh, work together. And so that's something that I like to emphasize in my courses. And in uh, upcoming podcast episodes, I would like to show how I do that uh, through a few lesson plans. Maybe um, I will take a lesson plan and just uh, show how I would convey the conceptual knowledge and then go back in, a in another episode and reflect on what that has to do with student learning and transfer and, and using conceptual knowledge about writing, their ability to use conceptual knowledge about writing 
And uh, those are some of my plans for future episodes. So thank you so much. Um, oh, here's a list of upcoming episodes. Uh, we've got enabling practice number one. We also want to talk about practice. There are two parts to enabling practice number one. And part two is about practice. And so there's the conceptual knowledge side. They also have to practice that conceptual knowledge. That's really important as well. We'll talk about that. Um, praxis. So once again, a lesson plan inspired by the Elon statement. Um, and that might be a couple of episodes as we kind of work through this. Um, additional enabling practices. We'll talk about those as well because there are enabling practices two and three to consider. I also would like to come back and look at uh, chat GPT for learning again. Uh, just based on things that I see uh, here and there in the news. We'll keep talking about that. I'm sure it'll be a topic for a while, but and we'll keep exploring that. But uh, lots of other stuff to talk about along the way. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a great day.